You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. I'm Nate Kading, and this is Real Success. This is the Corridor Media Group podcast, where we explore the life and careers of the Corridor's most influential business leaders. Jamie Powers is the owner and executive chef of Deluxe Cakes and Pastries, a beloved bakery in Iowa City that has been a staple of the community since 2003. I talked to Jamie about how she got her start in the restaurant industry, the glorious struggle of being an early morning pastry chef, and some of the surprising challenges that came along with starting a bakery. Jamie has shares her thoughts on balancing her business with being a mother, how she recruits and keeps incredible staff for her bakery, and how bringing on a key employee allowed her the opportunity to make her business even better. I learned an awful lot, and I think you will too. Stay tuned. This episode of Real Success with Nate Kading is brought to you by Midwest One Bank. Midwest One Bank is the proud partner for doers and entrepreneurs in the corridor and beyond. As an SBA preferred lender, our team is ready to help you reach your business goals. It's empowered money management. It's Midwest One Bank, member FDIC. Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. I'm super excited uh, about the conversation today. You are the owner proprietor of, you know, if not my single most favorite place on planet Earth, you know, at least in the top thank three. God. But you, uh, you're the the owner, chef, anything, garbage collector, at garbage Del- co- recycling, everything. <laughs> I mean, name it, name it. You pounding do it, nails. But 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 in all seriousness, I mean, deluxe bakery is this really gem anchor of the historic Longfellow neighborhood here in Iowa City on Summit Street, just uh, east of downtown. And it's one of those things that if you closed your eyes and thought of if this thing left our community or our neighborhood, we do the Cating family lives just a mile or two away and we get there frequently, but it's one of those things that makes a place a place. And that's, thank you. That's really important. I mean, we live right by Hickory Hill Park and we've got Deluxe Bakery and we've got downtown, all these little things that kind of combine into making yes. making a place where you live mm-hmm. really enjoyable. And we'll get into some of that stuff as, as we go on. But let's start with just talking a bit about baking and how in the heck did you did you end up into, in that profession? And we'll, I won't really want to get into, you know, small business operation and all those other things that go into running, you know, this beautiful little big bakery operation that you got going on too. But how did you get started? How did you how did you get going in the bakery world? I started, I was working at a restaurant uh, back in the 90s, late 90s, and they needed a garmage chef and dessert. And I jumped in the back and I worked with a guy named Alvaro for about two years. And um, I knew I never wanted to leave. But That's start- how I knew. I knew I never wanted to leave work. You started professionally, though, in, in more of a corporate sort of environment. You worked, you worked at Boeing and communication I and did. those sort of things. Yep. So what, what pushed you, I guess, away from the, the white-collar work towards the, the, the pretty much All the opposite All those things end of the you spectrum. can think of. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would always go to work in my Converse and then was told to change my shoes. I kept a pair of shoes under my desk, and I never really changed my shoes. So <laughs> yeah. I... You dress as you want if you own it, your own well, business. Well, I no, no, no. I I did PR for Boeing and other things, and I would go down to 900 North Michigan in these Converse and this suit thing, whatever that costume is, 
and I had shoes under my desk that I always was supposed to change. I mean, metaphorically, I never changed them. I always stayed in my Converse, <laughs> went to meetings, did all that. And I never could really quite put that, the full costume on. And so I would work on the weekends and sometimes at night for this restaurant. I absolutely loved it. It paid me basically two cents an hour. <laughs> and I figured out that I could pay my rent just working there 40 hours a week, my rent, and then have um, a little bit left over. And so I left the world and joined. Uh, what was it about working cooking. in the line back in the, in the kitchen? Was it the, the camaraderie? Was it sort of the sense of accomplishment? You know, you do a whole service run of the course of a night, you get it done. Or was it the culinary arts, the food, or what, it was what, what drew you to it? It was everything combined. All circuits are fired. The second you walk in, there is a rainbow of characters, people, very, very, very hard workers, physically hard workers, and then mentally you have to be on your game all the time. And I would start about 2 o'clock. I would get done at about 11, and I never, I couldn't wait to get to work, and I never wanted to leave. And every day was something totally new, new person. You're in the moment all the time, and if you... If you become self-aware and you practice being in the moment, there's nothing like working in the culinary world. You're always in the moment. You don't have to search for that. It's there on yeah. a platter. And were, were you, as you got introduced into the, the culinary world, the restaurant scene, was it always sort of this little seedling in the back of your mind about, never. man, I want to open my own place never. Some, someday? It was never, uh, never when I grew up. Never when I was working on in that kitchen did I think that I could, that I would, that I should. It was what I enjoyed doing in that moment, and I was good at it. And so I never wanted to leave. I was not good at other things. I was very good at this. and But I never at that time was engaging that thought. Yeah. Give us the origin story then for and then you went off from Chicago you went to over to Denver you're working you know then full-time right yes. in the restaurant world the Brown yes. Palace which is a beautiful old yes. hotel they got this at this tea service they do oh, there with boy. the pastries so when when did that seed start to sprout about potentially starting your own business uh well I first started at Wolfgang Puck on their garmage dessert line and then um I also, at night, if they needed somebody to wait tables or work bar, I would do both. I worked all the time. And then I worked with this awesome guy named Richie, and he said, you should apply at the Brown Palace Hotel. It's a five-star hotel. They need somebody in the bakery, strictly the bakery. I applied, and everybody at that point that I had worked with had been to culinary school, and I had not. Mm -hmm. And it was a whole different game. It was catering. It was weddings. It was high tea. It was everything you can think of in a five-star hotel. I started doing all of their high tea pastries. I'd get there at three in the morning and I would work, I don't know, as long as I could. And at that time I did not engage opening up a shop. I just loved what I was doing. I actually thought I would be in a hotel or a restaurant all my life at that yeah. point. So back, back up, I'm going to start one second. That's 3 a.m. thing. we got to talk a bit about that. I that ride like my big, bike. That seems like a big life change. <laughs> like every, every every baker, right? Like I think of baking and like that's the beauty. People wake up and there's these amazing yeah, sticky buns or croissants appears. waiting for you at 7 a.m. But like someone's there in the morning baking those fresh things. So like was that a big 
life change getting used to waking up at 2 a.m. to be at work at 3 or how, uh, how'd that go down? Of course, but it really wasn't like when you and you, anyone who has who enjoys their work and who just is called to their work, I would like a robot would get on my bike at 2:30. We live near downtown. I would basically ride over needles like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I would park my bike at the Brown, go down in the basement and start my work with these crazy overnight bakers. And if you've ever <laughs> met true overnight bakers, they're a whole different yeah. spectrum. Okay? I bet. It's like basically the wrestling community. It's a whole different world. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so were you going to bed at like six at night or I don't even out? remember. You're I don't remember. I just remember getting on my bike in the dark every day and then going down in a basement, working and coming out from the basement and it was sunny out and I'd get back on my bike and say I had the full day ahead of me. Um, we currently, all the pastry that you get from a true pastry shop that's making their own, there is a beautiful human that's coming in between 2 and 4 a.m. producing this food every day for you. And it's really cool. And I appreciate that world, that brain, that body so much that produces that food. Yeah, and it's like a trade that's like as old as time. Like people have been, a doing, trade, been doing yes. that since, you know, yes. God knows how long. And right? the bakery has that person that comes in that we cherish so much. Yeah, um, works with their hands. And, and I know it. later on in their life, they're going to be like, yeah, I did that for a time. <laughs> right. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you're at the Brown Palace. I'm at the Brown. Yeah. When, back to back to the previous question, when does it start this this idea of deluxe, this, this uh, you know, your own bakery Didn't back start in Iowa then. City? Didn't start then until um, somebody suggested that I apply to this small, there was one thing I could not learn how to do at the hotel because my head chef always did it and it was the wedding cakes and mm. I wanted to learn wedding cakes really bad um, but he always did them and so I, I applied to this small bakery in Denver that was very reputable at the time still is called Gateau and I started there and I started to see what it was like what a true mom and pop shop was like that delivered morning pastries morning coffee also delivered birthday cakes, uh, anniversary cakes, wedding cakes. It was truly a full service bakery. I saw the connections that they made with families, mm -hmm. the connections that they made with staffs, the life moments that this bakery was involved in with these families. And it was so cool to me. And that's when something really, really triggered was, was then. And your husband was there doing his residency in, yes. in Denver. Did he, he came back, you guys moved back to Iowa we City? We decided did... we wanted to be near family. Yep. At that point, we'd spent all of our vacations coming back to Iowa City and visiting family. We did love Denver and we decided to move back to be near family. And did you, did the bakery, was that right away when you, when you started Deluxe, when you guys moved back? No, I, I got here and I was, you know, pretty much a lost soul. I, I didn't, have a place to work there was no there was but there was no let's just say deluxe here right okay and there was and so I started to do wedding cakes out of my house and little things out of my house but I I did not want to be in my house I was a professional chef so I did what I could with what I had and I was walk I 
I passed this art gallery and I, I, I remember specifically what the hell was I thinking? I walked up to Ted Heald and I said, are you selling this place? And he said, yeah. And boom, it, it, I, that's what happened. This is the home of, of this the is cur- the bakery. The cur- yeah. build- this is the bakery yeah. building that was originally a grocery store. Beautiful old building. Yeah. It was originally a grocery store, then a Weaver studio, then an art gallery. And I remember everything happening very fast after that. I do know I had to make a decision to either open the shop or pursue something totally different in my life. Right. But I was not going to be making food out of my house. I was going nuts. So you're like, hey, let's just do it. Let's let's you're making you're baking cakes out of your house. You find this beautiful old space. I found we're starting the space. business. We're going my, we're doing and it. so my mother just and I in. my mother's really great at crunching numbers. She did it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Startup costs and yeah, all that. Yeah, we fun stuff. we locked it down major mm-hmm. and I looked at places to rent and she said, Well, you're not gonna rent because, you know, we all know that. And she said, if we could find a place that we could buy, we could take out some women's business loans. Mm-hmm. And I took out as many loans as I could. <laughs> I had nothing to, I remember I'd saved like, at the time I'd saved $2,000 to 3000 from the wedding cakes that I'd done out of my house. Okay. Right. And that's what I had to put down. And I went to Midwest One, which was first national at the time, gave them my business plan. They're like, hey, you got to revise this. I guess <laughs> yeah. I revised it. I don't remember. The city was nervous about me opening up a bakery there. I had to go to the city, do all this stuff, yeah. crunch the numbers, how many muffins, how much, ba- you know, we did it. Yeah. We figured it out. And then you just start going about every piece of equipment used. That's still in, I mean, I literally just yeah, replaced the, the, the yellow pages and the, yeah. The... Yeah, so you don't have the internet at that time. Everything, I had to drive around the Midwest, <laughs> look at mixers, also convince people around me that I knew what I was doing. Right. My my family had no idea what a mixer was, what a dough yeah. sheeter was. And they're like, wait, you got to do lighting? And, you know, these days people, they got the Edison bulbs, you know, all that. There was nothing for me. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, there just was hope like, the electricity works when I yes, plug this Yes, there was nothing for in. me to draw off of. But, like, I, I should show you my notes. I would go to New York, look at other places, and write on these damn note cards. Yeah. All <laughs> you good know, ideas I stolen. think we're yeah, the same yeah, you, yeah, you poach, you poach some, yeah, some great ideas. And I don't them. know that I would poach, but I was like, well, yeah. You're inspired, yeah. You're finding inspiration. I was totally inspired, but then... At the same time, then you get into the Midwest, and this is what you have to work with. Right. So, what was your goal out of the gate? Do you remember? Like, did you have a year one plan or my strategy goal or was goal to or pay my goal? bills? Yeah, just get the bills. It was paid. me and one other woman that still lives in Iowa City. My goal, I got it going. I hired her about a week before, and my goal, I would hear the door go off, and my goal was to run out, help that person as best I could, provide the best baked goods that I could, and hope that they came back and loved the shop for all that I wanted it to be mm-hmm. at that time. So take take me back, if you can picture yourself, 2003, 2004, you're into this business, you just started it, you know, you're you're getting going, you and, you and your other gal running it. What was the biggest surprise about running your own business that that jumped out to you as you as you were going? Um, I remember Mike Selick telling me, 
it never goes away. Just the, it the never fact goes that it's always away. on your mind. and It's, it's yeah, always you on your mind. Yeah. I was up every day at 5, getting there, and then closing at 6, all to do it again the next day. All to do it again the next day. And Was there a moment where you're like, what the hell did I get myself into here? There was after I had the two kids. They were four and two. And I was still pulling the same hours. And it was about December 23rd. I would... And the holidays were hitting right. hard. I would come home and say, every year, what did I do? Because um, I had the two kids. And I didn't do nannies, okay? Yeah. I <laughs> right. I don't know what the deal was. I, I mean, but I, I didn't. I would come home and it'd be 10 at night. And I still had to wrap gifts, be a mom. Do You know, mom gets to say Christmas doesn't happen without moms. Okay? Or it's Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's then Santa. That's okay, probably the whatever. correct order yeah. of importance. And so. I was just a broken dolly. Like December yeah. 22nd or 23rd is I when I would basically needed to go to the to the insane, to what's it called? Mitchellville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So what kept you going? What was it about owning and running the business that when you got to the holidays and your head's about to explode, What what is it that kept you going? I love the families that come in, the people that come in. Every day is new. I love my work. I love the people that came in. Everything about it. I just, there's no, there's not a day that I say, okay, I don't want to do this. Or I'm, I, it's like, I'm, it's a force field. Yeah. I love, I, I can't describe it. What you, were, yeah. Was there a, I don't want to call it necessarily a turning point, but was there a moment, you know, you're new first time business owner, you obviously have an amazing skill at baking, but you're picking up all these new skills and you're learning how to juggle all these different things. Was there a moment in that, let's say those first few years, or uh, if you can think back and say, okay, maybe maybe we can make this work. Maybe it was a key hire. Or it was something where it's like, you, you had the four walls, but the business has continued to morph and evolve and, and scale. I mean, it's it's incredible the, the volume you guys put out. And, I'll tell you what, it was... I had a woman join me. Uh, everybody knows who she is at this point. Her name is Heather. Mm-hmm. And what year was this? Oh God, I don't know. I, I I I don't know. I'm blanking out. I want to say about ten years ago. Okay. And I was so behind in the world, trying just clawing. Okay. And Heather came and said, "Hey, I." signed up for an internship you need to like fill out the paperwork and I'm like okay well I don't basically I don't know how to fill out paperwork that well (laughs) (laughs) and she's like I basically filled it out you just have to sign it I'm your I'm your intern I start in a month right those are good interns are good I just okay fine done and the second Heather started she allowed me to propel the bakery where it needed to go and we got the train was rolling it was from basically it was going it wasn't going to stop and it was smooth yeah there was no axle off and it was heather created the structure that i would try to create but couldn't because i was Gracing a wheel over there, right. throwing coal in the back, mm-hmm. climbing on top of the train to fight off the bandits. Okay. Yep, yep. Heather was 
so steady. I had a steady person, a steady sous chef to come in and lock it down. And that's when I knew, all right, now I can take the bakery where it needs to be. Read your bandwidth up to, yeah, focus it on other really things. It really did. Yeah, and to think then, ahead. Oftentimes, a small business owner, you're, you're, like you said, you're putting out the immediate oh, things, but you also need the, the mental energy and the bandwidth to think ahead and strategize. You can't see what's in front of you. Yeah. can't see what's yep. in front of you. And literally to the point where I couldn't see Heather in front of me to sign the paperwork. And she came, she locked in so much structure that I could expand our bandwidth. I changed our menu. I changed our platform. I changed our look. Uh, I went and did more research, more studies. And I said, this is how the bakery is going to change. Mm -hmm. We incorporated a whole bread program. We'd already started a lamination program, but we bumped it up a notch. And it's great. That's where we are. We've got great bread. We have great croissants. We have beautiful cakes. And we have an amazing community and beautiful coffee. People come in. I can see the weight of the world come off their shoulders when they walk in, even if it's for a cookie, for a cup of coffee, for a baguette sandwich. <laughs> yep. We get to say, hey, what's up? How's your family? How you doing? Here you go. You want oat milk? Fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. Mm-hmm. That's success. Yeah, absolutely. Are these beautiful humans that come in? No, I would say ninety-nine yeah. percent of them got to be beautiful. But give me like a good, oh, good shit. bridezilla story because you're working on those wedding cakes. Like, there's got to be some a good story or two there with a, a bit of a high maintenance. Well, you know, the mother-in-law or something like the that. The bride world has changed because there's there's not only bride world; it's bridal shower, baby mm. shower, first birthday cake, uh, you name it. Uh, 30th birthday, 40th yeah. birthday. People are on Pinterest for about 42 hours. They send us about 72 photos. <laughs> Do it they, like this. Yeah, yeah. They have themes. They have color swatches. Jeez. And we have to meet. It all comes down to the cake. So do you have someone specifically on your team that is the Heather. 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 Comes Heather back, is all, all roads lead back to Heather. Well, Heather is the gatekeeper. Uh-huh. The email responses go through Heather. She is literally in her bed writing back, you know, dear Jen, I got all your 72 photos. We've got your color swatches. This is no problem. That's how much this is going to cost. Then yeah. Heather slams down her computer and says, all right, how are we going? We got to make this cake happen. Her, me, and Tori make it happen. It's just, Yeah. That's a whole other world. Then we have that 2 a.m. baker sliding in to get everybody their their baguettes yeah, get the and their croissants. Stuff. And nobody yeah. even knows about the cake world. What's the craziest cake request that's come through your doors in the 18 years that Deluxe has been in business? I had a... Or cake fail. Has it been a cake fail? Like, oh, it just God. Can't, it just, <laughs> it just one time I right. had to... One time I agreed to do this cake that was a stack of books, Okay. And I, it's like, I don't know if I told Heather about it or what, but it was not part of the roster or it was. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. Don't worry. I'll do it. I'll do it. And let me tell you, I, I, this does not happen now, but I threw that thing together. We are lucky it got to where it needed to be. We are lucky there was dim lighting at the time. I mean, the dimmest lighting possible. I'm not going to say what restaurant it was at. It was not down in that den, but it was that dark. Mm-hmm whatever what's that yeah. the den yep the den yep 
uh, that cake. And then one time I made this one cake that it was the hottest day. It was basically a pirate cake, okay? And this thing was melting in the back <laughs> of my trunk. I went to the wrong Schwab uh, barns because there's like five different yep. Schwa Dick Schwab barns. Uh -huh. And Heather's calling me saying, you've got to go to this Schwab barn, the old one, but it's the new one. <laughs> this I, thing's just a puddle by the time you, yeah. I went home and thought, I'm done. <laughs> so that's that's a couple disaster stories. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm sure those are good. They happen. So do you, I want to talk just quickly a little bit about your, you've got an amazing team. You come into the, this this small bustling bakery. You can see them. They're right, right across the counter. Everybody's got their things. It's this beehive of action. And there's a lot of conversation these days, not only in small business, but big business everywhere about, you know, the labor crisis and the labor crunch and finding great talent and retaining great talent. What is, is there a secret to your success? There's a lot of faces that have been there for a long time when you go in there. How do you view attracting and retaining great people to join your team at the bakery? Uh, that's a tough one. Besides saying the obvious is I always try to embrace all of their positive qualities. Every day is a new day and at the end of the day, for me, it's turning the page, forgiveness, moving on, and figuring out what that awesome human coming in to make this bakery work, what what their what their bandwidth is, sticking within their bandwidth, not pushing it too much. But but pushing it enough yeah. that they can. Everybody wants to be challenged, but you also don't want to get burnt out. So that's a tough thing as a business owner to with your employees to walk yes, that fine line. Yes, and when you're burnt out as an owner or as a manager, not letting them know that you're burnt out, but giving them the grace to be burnt out as well, and not burning out together. <laughs> we burn out together, but yeah. I don't show my cards as much. I picture you guys like elves after the the holiday rush, like Elf. just drunk on eggnog oh. and whiskey and <laughs> anything and everything after the yeah. last gingerbread cookies it's done. It's knowing when your staff member, its bandwidth is done and yeah. giving them the graces to be done. Do you guys do like a big annual? Is there like a big party? Like, you know, screw it. Because <sighs> That is the thing about a bakery or a restaurant in general is that it's it is a nonstop thing. It's like you you have a huge weekend like that's coming down the the pipeline as we're recording this. It's we're coming up on graduation weekend and Mother's Day weekend and all those things. And it's like it's just one thing. It just boom. It just sort of it's relentless. one thing after another. How do you take a break? How do you how do you just with your team just with sort me of me or with it? how do I with them strategically with your as a group? Is there moments or ways that you you incorporate or design some some R&R &R and well, into Well, we into don't your... do any trust falls, Nate, or any type <laughs> no, of... No retreats or no, 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 type, no yoga no retreats? No yoga retreats, no ropes classes, nothing like that. This is what I do because a bakery is so intense when it's their day off. Just don't mess with them. Don't mess with them. Yep. Don't text them. Don't mess with them. I always give two days lockdown, two to three days lockdown. Okay, that's how the bakery rolls. We black out. Sometimes when I try to plan a get together, 
we're all so tired. Nobody wants to get together with people they've been working with 50 hours a week. <laughs> I agree with that, yeah. Okay, so I run this line of like, you know, we're a small space. You know, mm -hmm. like Big Grove, you want to get together all 50 people or whatever. I don't know how many people are there. Sometimes six people when you work 50 hours a week together. That's enough, that's enough In time. order to stay working together, you need, you don't need another, <laughs> you don't need another hour with yeah, the people. That's a good point. So... I give them their days off. We all black out. We all do our own thing. Yep. So you're 18 years into the business as we kind of wrap up the conversation here. Is there, is there a goal? Like what does success look like as you look out into the future, three, five, 10 years down the line? Is this, or I mean, maybe even further for you. I'm always curious about this with folks that are so like you, that's so integrated into the DNA of the business. Long I mean, game. De Deluxe is you. Deluxe is Jamie Powers. Or there's two sort of things. Is this something that you want to see handed off to your kids or a Heather or someone like that? Like, is your wish that Deluxe is the poly eyes or the Hamburg Inn, that it's something that's just uh, an anchor in the in that beautiful Iowa City community for well, generations to come? Is, it, but... it definitely is. But is what do you? What's your long term goal with the business? Is it just to continue to be? important to the I was going to turn it into a hookah parlor, first of all. But <laughs> Maybe in no. the back, you could double <laughs> the verse. No, I think um, for me, success will look like if it either gets passed on, if I'm 80 dragging a leg in there, I don't know. Success will look like the same beautiful humans for all they're made of still walking in the for their espresso. Yep. For the success will look the same that it looks now it's an open door that big red door is constantly opening for a 75 cent cookie to um an 800 dollars wedding cake that's what success is to me is the people still coming in yeah truly and and the people that have worked at the bakery over 18 years coming back and jumping on the train again even if it's for a cup of coffee or saying hey can i come back and work a couple hours just to get some extra money that is success to me at the end of the day, when I have one foot in the grave, whatever that grave looks like. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I hope it's that way too. God, I, hope, I hope I'm so sitting too. there at that counter as an 80 year old. And yeah, maybe a, you'll be asking me to work. Maybe you'll need to come work for me. Yeah, well, one more question before we get into some of just the wrap up question. Do you think often or do you talk to your team often about the role that Deluxe plays within the community? as sort of a I do. community anchor and what it means for the quality of life for the people that are living not only in the neighborhood, but outside of that. I mean, it's a source of pride for folks. And it's, it, frankly, it's the, I'm a big believer that those are important parts of what draw people to live in certain areas. We don't, we don't have the mountains like you had in Denver. We don't have the ocean. We don't, oh, you know, God, our no. weather sucks. It's like, yeah, we, we, we need, well, we need the deluxes the to keep we've people here. We've got the res, Nate. We've yeah, we, got we the res. Okay. The beautiful, clean water of the res. <laughs> oh, geez. So, you know, I try to stress to them, do you understand the product that you're putting out? It's like people love it, but it's so hard to see that when you're that 2 a.m. baker at that wood table. I can't, it's so hard to see that when you're a front of house person and you're helping breakneck after breakneck, pouring oat milk after oat milk, latte after latte. Here you go, here you go. I hope that they see it that all that they do for the community, but you just reminded me to like keep telling them like Adam, who's in the back, who used to work at John's Grocery forever, has now joined us and is making, is doing all those croissants. Yeah. Okay. 
It's hard for me to explain to him. My we nep- need Adam. We need him. We need Adam. Iowa City needs Adam. Oh my right? God, Absolutely. we do. We need our. But you can't get that everywhere. I mean, you really. I mean, most no. communities, all they got. I mean, I'm not knocking on a Casey's or a Come and Go, but it's oh, like. Oh come on, let's. <laughs> I mean, the fact that that is here in this community is, yes. is a big. It's a big. We part need. Of, we uh, need those baguette shapers. Yeah. We, we need Tori who makes those cute cakes. We need my nephew Will, who's 20, who comes. My nephew Will comes Sundays and Mondays in the middle of the night and shapes all the croissants with his headphones in. He doesn't get. Like he doesn't care about the culinary world, yeah. but he comes in. That's his job. He doesn't get like how, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I guess I need to tell him. They don't Maybe get it, but, I need, but, but I think they will. You know, Should I, I do they, some trust falls? Should no, I like no take fall. him out to the res? Whatever you're and, doing, keep doing that. Okay, no, okay. no trust falls. <laughs> All right, before we, before we wrap up, I, I won't let you go. We got to, until you get some of these quick, quick rapid fire questions in. So, I mean, you're, all we know of you is that you're the baker, but if you had a chance what other profession other than baking would you most like to attempt if you had a rewind? I'd work with adults with special needs. That's awesome. How about a book? Are you a reader? Or is it a book or podcast or TV show, anything that's on your uh, There's a docket? book I love called House of Stone. House of Stone. Yeah, it's about a guy who went back to Lebanon and found his family. Very cool. Um, what's one thing that you do in your daily routine that has the biggest impact on your happiness during the day? Something you can't live without on a daily basis? Uh, exercise. What do you do? What's, a, what's your go-to? I know I, you're a tennis player, but... Uh, no, I don't, can't play tennis anymore. It breaks down my body. I get on the bike, and I go as fast as I can to explode my brain. <laughs> nice. Peloton or just a, a... No, I bought a $50 used bike from the old Core Fitness by... Uh, um, I don't know. Where is it by? Just, da- just where, hammer it out. Just hammer it out. I look at a brick wall, and my water heater's next to me. <laughs> nice. 30 extra minutes in a day, what would you do with it? Be with my family. Excellent. And then last but not least, if you in one sentence, how would you define success? The humans that you encounter. And the, that, yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jamie, for uh, yeah, watching. Yeah, it was great. Get, get you out the door. We got You got some... Some cakes and Mother's Days right on the right on the I'll corner here. Out. But this has been awesome, and thank, thank you for you uh, for so taking much. the time. Yep. Thank you so much. My thanks to Jamie Powers for coming on to the show to talk about her real success. Make sure to visit her at Deluxe Cakes and Pastries in Iowa City, and visit deluxeiowa.com if you'd like to learn more. I'd also like to thank this podcast sponsor, Midwest One Bank. Experience simply better banking at midwestone.bank. This podcast is produced by the LAS Media Group, located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information on them, you can visit lasmediagroup.com. And if you enjoy this show, consider subscribing and reviewing on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us to continue to develop and grow. Real Success with Nate Kading is a Corridor Media Group podcast. For more information, visit corridorbusiness.com.